Football Season 6, Episode 4, Project Boy is now over, but we got y'all here on The Connect on Post Show Recaps. I'm Chappelle, and I am back to plug you in on what happened this week on the latest episode of Snowfall this week. I'm also happy to say that we got the whole crew back together. You know, first, making her return to the podcast in such a triumphant manner. It's LaTanya. LaTanya, what's up? I am the people's champion. Everyone you are. knows that. Um, <laughs> thank you for having me back. Uh, having you back? No, this is thank you for Thank crew. you for kicking me off the podcast for a week, and now there you had you me go. back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tell the people how it go down. I, I rule with an iron fist, damn it. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and speaking Not of... This. I'm going to yeah. encourage this. Uh, all, the, all the plebes coming out. All right, so... Um, you know, we cannot introduce Latanya without then going to uh, introduce one of my dissenters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mari. Mari, what's up? Uh, I'm good. You can call me your ops, your permanent yes. ops. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right, actually. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to have the crew together. Latanya, how have you been? Um, You know, just recovering from pneumonia. Oh. Yeah. So okay. much fun. Dark but watching a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. which is necessary because considering i have like 18 podcasts happening right now mm-hmm. um yeah i've been good i've and this show has been even better right and i, I guess since Ooh. you haven't been here to give your official recount of the last couple episodes what have you been thinking about this last episode like so we uh. since we have we didn't get you to weigh in on uh episode three yet mm-hmm. uh tell us what you thought I thought that it was really interesting to see the happenings in Ghana. I I did not know that this episode was going to, or this season was going to go there. I thought maybe they had just written those two characters off the show. (laughs) Um, And so I, and I was kind of sad about it, but I also thought that that was like a good way to write people off a show. if That's what you have to do. But no, we actually got to go to Ghana and we actually got the perspective of, you know, two people learning more about their culture and like how we came to be in the Middle Passage and part of the American story. Um, and then getting married was so cute. Um, mm-hmm. Leehan and Wanda forever. Uh, but then they came back and they should not have done that. I don't that understand point. why they didn't just stay in Ghana. Like Wanda was right, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they came back anyway. And everything I really liked, one of the things I really liked in the episode was just how tight the storytelling was in terms of being like, here, let me catch you up as to everything that's happened in the past, however long since you've been gone. And then we just got like a a bunch of vignettes of violence happening Mm -hmm. back and forth between people that were really tight storytelling, but at the same time, um, good way to do exposition. So I really enjoyed that episode. I just really wish they would have stayed in Africa. <laughs> I think we are all at home saying the same exact thing. You know, a part of us is like, just take care of yourself. You don't know what you're missing back at home and it's not great. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we saw that side, you know, of what was going on and they didn't really. So I can ex- I can understand why they would think they could come back to something and, and teach people to do better and show people that there's a world outside of the projects. Um, but, you know, like I said, deep down, we were all kind of being like or or stay where you are. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe don't worry about those things and take care of yourself, uh, because we see that when they go back, 
we, you know, everything has changed. And that's kind of like why I appreciated the last episode because we were learning about stuff as Leon was learning about it. So it's kind of like we were, you know, uh, had skadooed into his, uh, his mindset, right? Like we were like, we saw the montages as he was learning about all the, the violence. So yeah. that was a fun way to look at it. Mari, this episode is, uh, follows that uh, bottle type episode that we have. And this was uh-huh. a very different feel. Before we get into all the, you know, all the ins yeah. and outs of the episode, what did you think overall about this uh season six episode four yeah this felt like your uh typical snowfall episode right it's mm-hmm. like we're we're all caught up we're caught up with what happened we caught up where where everybody is at now and now this episode is progressing everything forward it's progressing all of the storylines forward it's progressing all of the feuds forward it's like okay we are now like in the thick of it and it's just like it's stressful because it's just going to get worse from here. <laughs> like, you know, yes. you know yes. it's just going to get worse from here. So it, it was a very good episode. I think we got a lot, like each, each person, each character, like every character was hit on. We know where every character is at, what they're dealing with, what their, um, what their motivations are or, or, or what's pressing upon them. And it feels like a, um, it feels, it feels like pressure is building. It feels mm-hmm. like pressure is building and everything is being built up until we get some sort of explosion slash resolution. Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat several times throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do appreciate that six seasons in snowfall can still get me to where, you know, my anxiety is kind of speak, uh, like peaked wondering what's about to happen next to these people. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm very invested, but you know, like we know the violence is not far. Latanya, are you starting to feel the same way as Mari and I? Yeah, for sure. Um, this is probably the most stressful show that I watch, other yep. than maybe The Last of Us. <laughs> this mm-hmm. this one, though, I feel like hat like you know biters or whatever you want to call the zombies like aren't like a real life thing. Uh, right. But the crack <laughs> epidemic actually happened and is ongoing, so mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the stakes are so real, and I don't know who I'm rooting for anymore. Is there also the the big thing that leads me to have a lot of anxiety watching this show but i i care about every single storyline and it's really hard to make that happen in a tv show mm-hmm. yeah uh I, I read somewhere online i think i might have been on the snowfall wikipedia page or whatever but they described teddy as the show's third protagonist and i just pushed back against that so huh? much yeah <laughs> it's that third protagonist no, like yeah i and- i, I understand what they mean Mm -hmm. i do elaborate so (laughs) when we first meet teddy like teddy in if this was the 1990s like a 19 like a show not set but made in like the 1990s early 200s 2000 sorry Mm -hmm. teddy would be our protagonist he's Mm -hmm. the um kind of fledgling fbi uh no cia agent who kind of stumbles upon this huge ass operation and manages to like whip it into shape and make it so that it's making money for America to be able to beat the communists. Like that is protagonist type stuff. It just so happens that he does work for the CIA, a place that we know is to this day, extremely corrupt and has only forwarded some of the worst regimes to come forward by funneling money to them and mm-hmm. also has destabilized the entirety of the black community in doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, but like 
in a typical TV show, those stakes wouldn't be what we were focusing on. We would be mm-hmm. focusing on on Teddy's story and what was going on with Teddy. And That's he's true. had enough stuff happen to him where he's had a wife and a kid that are no longer in the picture. His brother has died, which has meant a lot to him. He had a messed up childhood because we know uh, his relationship with his father. Like all of that is protagonist backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you... um I mean, if you think about it, none of these people are perfect. Uh, and a lot of them have done some despicable things. And from Teddy's point of view, like if you are watching this, you know, and taking Teddy's, you know, information at face value, he's saying I'm doing this for my country. It's like he has a noble cause in his mind, which even if he's not a protagonist, it does kind of paint him in the light of one. Um, whereas some of these people, you know, don't have any noble, uh, <laughs> any noble thoughts in mind when they do this. They're just trying to change their life, make some money or whatever the case may be. Um, so I could see it, but I was definitely shocked to see that he was called a protagonist, Mari. Right. I mean, yeah, other people have done horrible things and all of that good stuff, but you got to think about it. They're trying to survive. They're, they're trying mm-hmm. to survive in this corrupt system that is, uh, you know, a, a, a system that, like Latanya said, is racially motivated to keep a lot of black communities down. So they're, they're trying to survive. They're trying to make their way. And Teddy is here. T- he's here looking like the parachute to, to help certain people to help Franklin or help uh uh Louis and all that but in the grand scheme of things uh we're looking at a we are literally watching the destruction of the black community and like Latanya said in a lot of TV shows that focus on you know police or or you know a lot of American TV shows focus on the police but it's normally from their point of view so it's never you don't get the backstory. And that is what we've always said that we've loved about Snowfall. We get Teddy's story. If you want to call him a protagonist, sure, whatever. We get Franklin's story. And then we got the stories like Wanda. And, and we see how 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 an Alton and how it really, really affects the community. So um, that's what puts Snowfall in a league of its own because it's truly encapsulating a time in history that actually happened and shedding light on, on what, on what truly happened. And it's, it's amazing in, in that, in that space. But at this point, I cannot call Teddy a protagonist, just like at this point, Chappelle wouldn't call Franklin a protagonist. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Do I agree old... with anything I said? No, I'm no. Just yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And you have to imagine that the Wikipedia page is probably written in like the first season. Right. So they call him the third protagonist. And in the first season, he's almost a victim. I mean, all these people are victims in a way to like the the American government. I mean, because this was his job. Right. Right. His his employee, like he was employed to do this. Um, And so it's not like he woke up one day and thought I'm going to be a drug kingpin. You know, Uh like they they put him in a situation that I mean, it's not like he could say no. Um, So he did what he had to do for his job. And he eventually he is evolved into what we have here. Franklin the same way where he was doing what he had to do to, to survive for the most part to provide and now all of a sudden he's in a, a whole heap of trouble so it's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that just happens it snowballs and compounds uh, compounds on each other and that has led us to this breaking point that we're at now in season six episode four um, but before we get into a lot of the episode because we haven't really started talking about this particular episode I do want to mm-hmm. thank all the listeners the new listeners us and the old listeners so the people who found us specifically looking for snowfall 
football content and the OGs from the Insecure in Atlanta days. And I want to remind you all to subscribe to Snowfall, a post-show recap on the PSR Connect feed, wherever you get your podcast uh, listening uh, time in. You know, So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review so that we can help other people uh, like y'all get plugged in too. Uh, this, from Lucas. this week, our latest five-star review comes from TC357753. I was trying reads, to look at the review and I accidentally turned us on. My bad. <laughs> oh no, it's fine because I got a good review for you. Uh, it, it reads, my two cents. Very well done and entertaining. I find myself agreeing with most of their points. They play off each other very well. M fourth is the bomb. Full disclosure, she's my daughter. Keep doing what y'all are doing. <laughs> I, listen, Mari, I knew this was your people when I saw I four it. with the number four. I said, oh, yeah, do we, do, we're doing this, huh? He wasn't supposed to write that part, but yes. <laughs> he always does. And I yeah. love it for it. So By great. the way, this is your people. Listen, shout out. Shout out to Mari's dad for uh, yes. supporting us as, as well. And you all can support us too. So mm-hmm. leave us a five-star review. Again, if it's less than five stars, we're not going to see it. We don't even perceive that kind of negativity. Nope. Also, like the way our algorithms are set up, we just don't get that kind of data. So five-star mm-hmm. reviews only, and we will read it on the podcast, just like we did uh, Mr. Mari here. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> before we get on to snowfall, we do need to take a brief break before talking about what happens when Leon comes back from Africa and what the neighborhood looks like uh, now that we're up to episode four. So we'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back. So we talked about this, like, uh, like this building tension in the episodes and how stressful it's getting. And uh, the beginning of this episode was no different. It starts by following the person who we know Teddy hired to make Franklin's money disappear. Um, we also see Veronique and her mom are telling Franklin, you know, like basically a couple of episodes ago, they told him, like, when this guy leaves, we're going to get his paperwork and then we're going to get all the information we need to uh, to help get your money back. And so in the middle of what looks like a lunch meeting, the guy gets a phone call. He has to leave abruptly. And um, at first I thought this was part of the scam. Like I thought that they were like, oh yeah, let me call him and draw him away from the table so we can do X, Y, Z. But no, it just looks like this guy got an important phone call and he needs to rush back to his office, which is being robbed of his mm. personal documents. Um, Veronique ends up collecting the documents that she needs and, uh, and getting that information back into the safe before he gets caught. Uh, Latanya, you know, you, like I said, uh, you, you weren't around last week, but we, we did speculate a couple weeks ago about Veronique and her mom. Mm-hmm. And if they were scamming, uh, by the beginning of this episode, what were you thinking as far as those two people go? Because we see them in the midst of, you know, which we know they were born to do to be scammers. Right. And so we see them doing the thing that they were put on God's green earth to do. Um, <laughs> how did this scene sit with you, Latanya? Yeah, I thought this was really interesting with uh, Cassandra playing the kind of like uh, the person who sits down for the financial meeting in the first place and everything. And Veronique being the person that's on documents and somehow they bribed this poor receptionist to uh, by telling her or not even bribed her. They just told her that she was helping out like the FBI or something like that um, to get her to go in and get all these documents. So I, I don't know. I think I may have shifted my thinking a little bit after, and I know we'll talk about this, but after how this operation went and how Franklin reacted to the news that he got, um, I feel like Cassandra is maybe on her way towards scamming both Veronique and um, 
Franklin. Thank you. You know, the main protagonist of the show, whose name <laughs> I totally know, uh, is on her way to scamming Franklin and Veronique, especially now because she has she, she feels like she's been disrespected because she was disrespected. Um, and we know that Veronique did not have her mother, did not allow her mother in her life for a very long time, specifically because she was such a scam artist and would just like leave her places. So I'm more sus suspicious about Cassandra than I am about Veronique's actions right now. Huh. Yeah, that's a good point. She does get disrespected in this moment. Mari, when Franklin finds out that the paperwork that they received or that they, you know, obtained, I guess I should say, did not lead them directly to his money, he does get very upset. And it's clear that Cassandra does not take that kind of disrespect uh, lightly. So, Mari, are you with Latanya that Cassandra might be moving on her own? Or do you still think that there's a possibility that Veronique is in on the scam? Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think what's happening in it is from what my understanding is Cassandra is probably now she's, well, she's older and the, the time that she's spending with Veronique, I think is now precious to her. I feel like now that Veronique is pregnant, it is actually a genuine bond that Cassandra is happy to now have with her daughter. So, uh, even if she might be like, scamming thinking about scamming i think it's because it's for the betterment of her daughter i don't think cassandra would cut out and run on both of them i think uh cassandra actually is seeing how franklin is acting and is starting to second guess that uh he's the right person for her daughter and i could definitely see her telling like getting into veronique's ear about Let, let's just run let's the three of us run me and mm -hmm. you we will raise your baby he is clearly unstable because like i was saying in the last episode franklin is is normally very cool, calm, and composed. He is unraveling. This scene, uh, Damson Idris did a great job just completely losing it, yelling at them. Um, and the way that Cassandra was sitting there, she's she is just like that. That's a that's a look you never want to see a woman have because so she true. might she might not have said much, but she was literally thinking like, this is not going down like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, Veronique later told Franklin, she was thinking about walking. If, if your behavior is so bad that $7 million can't keep somebody from leaving the job, then they are, they are really second guessing um, you, like how good of a person you are. So I don't think Cassandra's scamming. I think what this is going to, this is going to turn into for them is going to feel like self-preservation and survival for themselves because they don't want to be tied to a sinking ship. And Franklin is acting like he's a, a sinking ship as we see throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to hedge and just put myself right in the middle of both of what y'all are saying. I think that I still believe that, uh, you know, scammers going to scam. So I'm kind of mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm leaning on Cassandra doing that. But I also could see her really connecting with Veronique and, and enjoying this time. What I, I enjoy the most in, like, you know, characters that I hate is when they really redeem themselves in your eyes and then they go mm -hmm. back and do the thing that you knew they were going to do the whole time, right? So <laughs> I really, I really want to see the moment where it's like, no, I'm here for you and my grandbaby and I would never, ooh, money, and then she just scams them. You know, like, that's <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> you, you made a good point, Mari. Seven point three million dollars. I'd get motivated real quick. Okay, yeah. but Franklin is throwing a whole fit here. I mean, is the sun hot? Is water effing wet? You know, like oh, okay. 
Oh my god. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah he needed to settle. Yeah. <laughs> he needed a timeout. Mm-hmm. Uh and and she does ask an interesting question because he does throw up in her, you know, throw in her face the seven point three million dollars. And she says, Do you think all I care about is money? I right. said yes, because I think she's a scammer. Franklin said yes, but are me and Franklin Tripp and Mari, could Veronique be in it for something more than just the money? Again, I, I think so. Like, uh, I think Cassandra's in it to connect with Veronique. And I think Veronique, when she met Franklin, was in it to be with him. But every mm. moment that he is just in this state of this unstable, like, state of unrest, it is just pulling them further and further apart and plus even if she don't like her mama or not you should not be talking to her mama like that <laughs> like she said like yeah she like mama like that in front of them no. like that's mad rude so um i don't i don't blame franklin's actions are making it so that if he ends up alone at the end of this show i will be like yeah it makes sense because he is he is just completely unraveling and just showing a side of himself that we have we have not truly seen um throughout the the series like we we've seen it poke out but this is seems like like this is starting to become his 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 default so that's not fun nobody wants to be around somebody who's paranoid and and uh overreactive yeah latanya what's your reaction to franklin here in this episode i He's just out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just such a shift in personality mm-hmm. from the Franklin that we got to know over the past five seasons into season six, where, you know, the one thing that he was apparently in this for was his money and his money got taken away. And now he is like a child and you took away his favorite toy and he is lashing out at everybody and anybody who is in his sphere and taking it out on people left and right. And we see that happen later in the episode too. I don't really know if there is anybody who can bring him back down to earth because he's not listening to Veronique. He's most likely not listening to his mother. He doesn't really have any loyalties to anybody. Franklin is as close as we've seen him to being alone, like Mari said, already. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Franklin is he's down bad. This is like this is not great um, because again, if you're gonna be the guy in charge, you need to act like it. And because people will lose faith in you, and then like uh, like they were saying, like Cassandra was saying, we could we could just go. You know, if you're not gonna lead us, you know, in a way that we feel comfortable, then we're not gonna be here. And I I think that's a theme of this episode. We really talk about like the human resource access like uh, aspect of this show, where this is a business. And sometimes your boss get out of line and you have to start to question, is this job the one for you? And so I want us to just, I want to just challenge our listeners right now to really look at this episode as like a business meeting, right? And the Mm. things that happen when you have to settle these business meetings and you have to uh, make these things happen, these transactions happen, like, in a boardroom or in an office building as opposed to the streets. Cause there's a lot of overlap going on in this episode. And I just wanted to point that out. Are y'all ready to come with me on that journey? Sure. 
Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. So we see Kane is out of bed and with the help of a cane of his own, he's walking. Uh, He says that the doctors don't know what they're talking about. And Franklin is there because he says he wants to help Kane make more money. The product isn't moving fast enough. So this is Franklin, the consultant, the crack consultant, right? They brought him in. Sir, you have years of experience like running a successful business. Tell us, what do you think? Well, I do need to see the crack. I need to see the cook houses. I don't know if we can let you see the cook houses. You know, it's like, well, if you want me to do my job, sir, okay, fine. We're going to take you to see the cook houses. So through some negotiation, the CEO of the ROCK um, does get a visit uh, to the cook houses because he needs to see why they're moving so slowly. So now when he gets there, he can tell this isn't being taken seriously. This cookhouse is dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's very like Gordon Ramsay and Kitchen Nightmares. Like uh, this food yeah. is raw. You know, like, <laughs> he, comes in, <laughs> like he comes in to shut everything down. He sees areas of growth for his client, um, and he tells mm. him that their worth looks like shit. You know, he's like, y'all aren't doing good enough job. Um, eventually, the proprietor of this or of this particular cookhouse, <laughs> he does get offended <laughs> at, at the news because no one wants to hear that their business is getting bad reviews by the inspector by the consultant Mm -hmm. and so he does push back against it and then franklin goes out of his way to um to then burn this man's face on the (laughs) stove maury you said this man is unraveling yeah this is a villain (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know what to tell you i mean he it and it had to have been calculating right because he walks mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. he walks into the kitchen there's this random pot on the stove just boiling which like, i'm with him it's like y'all aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing he turns it off he does turn the stove off he tells him you need to do better the guy gives him the that's a little bit of lip the tiniest bit of lip the mm-hmm. other guy who was there was like yo kane sent him so we should probably listen the yeah. other the one guy was like no nah, i don't care who sent him <laughs> in one mm-hmm. fluid motion, Franklin takes the pot off of the stove and puts that guy's face onto the stove. I was like, <laughs> dear Jesus. Like it was and then he loses his 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 shit. He's just like in a suit. Like this acting by Damson so Ethan is just so good. Like the like as as much as I don't like seeing Franklin out of control, the level of acting that we are getting when he is is just truly amazing and and he burns that guy's face he kicks him out he kicks out anybody else who doesn't want to um be under the new rules you Mm -hmm. know one guy stays one guy comes back and um then you know he gets to cook and he shows them how to actually cook so i and and i was so i was wondering what they were doing like apparently they weren't doing shifts i guess they were just cooking when they felt like it like this is these are some lackadaisical drug dealers It's, it's a trap house, y'all. Look, I, they didn't know Franklin was going to come in from corporate with his rules and regulations. <laughs> this man showed up and like, okay, we're going to go to 12-hour shifts. I'm like, 12 hours? <laughs> like, sir, what, where's my union rep? You know, like, I, <laughs> come in here like the Gordon Ramsay of whipping work, and I'm just supposed to jump and hop in line? Uh, but but I think that's a good point. Like, they weren't being productive because they were in there doing trap house things, you know, in their BSN, kind of cooking on their own leisure or whatever. But, um, you know, anytime somebody comes up in from corporate, uh, if there's a leadership change, you do have to clean house in a way. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what 
what he does here because you don't want anybody with their old bad habits sticking around mm. and poisoning the new uh, you know, the new employees when they come in. Latanya, what did you think about Franklin in this management position at the cookhouse? <laughs> management position? Uh, this was more of an enforcer <laughs> position. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really interesting to see his confrontational style, I guess, <laughs> uh, is the best way that I could put it. But Dancing Idris is just killing it this season and killing people um, this season too. Uh, yeah. He is it he is like uh from the toes up businessman mm -hmm. uh because he's like because at one point kane is like what do you like want to cook for us and he's like if i have to do that i will i yes. i definitely mm -hmm. will do that i am willing to do whatever it takes to make sure this operation gets up and running smoothly the way that it's supposed to run and he like is someone who is like a ceo that's willing to get his hands dirty and you can't really argue with somebody like that, except for when they start burning people's faces. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I'm Go sorry. Ahead, no, because I, I agree with that to an extent, but I think what it truly boils down to is, again, the lack of control. Like, Franklin does not have control over trying to find his money. Uh, everything is spiraling from him. I think coming down and cooking for Kane, it's like, a way to finally have something under his control that he knows he does well. It's like um, him coming down and just going to a base level position where he's just a cook is something that he knows he can do. He can do it well. And it, and it's under his control. It feels like he can, he can stabilize and feel like something's getting done. I, I think it's a coping mechanism. Like he, he realizes it's so hard to be the boss. It's so hard to be removed from it. And when you're feeling like you can't, you have nothing else to do. Sometimes you just got to go back to work. You go back to the bench it, in my profession. Mm. That's, that's the difference between being like a lab tech who works the bench and actually does the testing versus being administrative, the administrative manager who just, um, you know, does the schedules and stuff. Like sometimes you don't want to just do that. You don't want to do the schedule. Sometimes you just want to get your hands dirty and actually get back in there. And I think this is what it was for him. I think it gives him something to, do and it gives him something to distract himself with that it's fully under his control that he can he, that he can do while while he's putting trust into Veronique and her mother to find his money while he's trying to decide what to do with Louis like it mm -hmm. it it's really just a coping me mechanism yeah that's yeah. a good point this is very undercover boss. So he, you know, comes up, he comes down from up top and he decides, you know what, servant leadership. That's what we're going to go with for this tack this tactic. So he rolls up his sleeves and gets to cooking, leading by example, but the cookhouse manager, uh who uh I think his name was Todd, he goes to Kane, who I'm calling the district manager, and he files an official complaint <laughs> about Franklin's action at the cookhouse. Okay? So he tells Kane that he and Ricky had been holding it down the whole time, and Kane feels like a meeting with Franklin would be appropriate. But Todd wants actions. This man burnt my face. I need you to do something. However, mm. Todd should have just listened to Franklin and implemented the new measures because mm -hmm. Kane does not seem like he is going to lean toward Todd on this one. Um, and he did kind of bring it up on up on itself. You know, uh, Kane even tells him like, "Well, why didn't you just do what he said? You were taking so much pride in this trap house that <laughs> you forgot." that this was about making money and not about your feelings. Um, and he also says that he is all about business. Franklin is a hoe and hoes like money. And all I could think is, am I a hoe? 
I'm what? <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Wow, was a hoe and hoes like money." I said, "Okay, well, I guess I'm, that makes me a hoe." I know. They say no money? one takes any of this out of context. <laughs> I guess I'm a hoe, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the complaint has been heard. Um, Franklin ends up returning to a trap later on, and this is where we see that he is really getting down and dirty with the cooking. Uh, and that's good because Todd has already taken his bills elsewhere. Um, he's gone to Jerome and Louis with the information about Kane's operation because with this war between Franklin and, and Louis and Jerome, there's always leverage to be gained by the uh, from the pieces that are caught in the crossfire and i think it comes mm-hmm. down to the company that take care of their company the best do your employees feel oh. seen do they feel protected let's discuss you know um and so i think here you have a person who has been burned literally and figuratively <laughs> by their company and is looking for greener pastures and so he finds himself over in the enemy behind enemy lines i guess or you know or are playing both sides um Mari, I know how you feel about Louis, you know, uh, but like in this moment, what do you think is uh, is going through their heads? Because, you know, Jerome and Louis are still having to parse with this is a war, but it's still their nephew. Do you think they're past the bloodlines that uh, they were drawn originally? Uh, no, because I don't think that um, that they originally I think they're still feuding with Kane. They know that they're, they're feuding with Kane because mm-hmm. Kane's been coming back and forth with, between them. So. To them, this is great. This is great leverage. This is great intel to use to try and get rid of one of their um, their ops. Like for them, this is a gift. Like Franklin and and Kane basically hand wrapped a hand hand wrapped them a gift when they didn't kill that dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> basically, um, yeah. So. Franklin reports back to Kane uh, about, you know, what has been going on at some of the retail stores that he's been uh, monitoring, right? So um, the updates on the business operation. And Kane asks if burning Todd's face was necessary. Franklin is a by any means necessary type of person, but Kane says he has to look out for his people who have had his back for, you know, for the entire long run. Um, but Franklin says they are messing with his money. So, you know, now the two of them seem like they're at a standstill. You know, do you take care of your employees or do you, or is this all about the business and all about the money? And then they start to talk about the disciplinary actions that were taking, into, uh, you know, uh, effect at this time, too. But before the two can come to a compromise, someone opens fire on the house and it's Todd who basically has gone and I guess uh, got himself employed to do this hit on Franklin himself. Which Um, is dumb. Which is dumb, right? You ran the information and then also went and got the gun? Okay. Um, And Mm -hmm. because of that, he gets shot in the head. Franklin takes him out very quickly. The two stumble into the backyard and out the door into a getaway car. Uh, And this is the end of like the Franklin and uh, Kane storyline for the most part. Uh, It looks like one of them, probably Kane, has been shot. Uh, And so... We don't know what happens next from here. Latanya, now that Kane is back uh, and potentially injured, is are we just looking at like a full-on shootout to come? Because, you know, Todd was one of his people and completely just turned his back on everything, came in, guns a-blazing. Right. And although he didn't make it out alive, this has to set a precedent, right? It has to. You're going to have Kane kind of second-guessing and reevaluating everyone that he has working for him. And doing loyalty tests, essentially. And mm-hmm. we know kind of like what the hood version of a loyalty test is, especially in this in the world of Snowfall. So, yeah, I, I really do believe that this is just going to beget far more violence going forward. 
And I'm kind of afraid of what's going to happen because, you know, we saw those vignettes in the last episode of this type of violence going down, but nothing where things came so close to actually like Franklin getting killed Um, Mm -hmm. because it was like shoot or be shot at one point when they got into the house. Um, And Kane literally just got up out of the hospital and now he's shot again. So who even knows if he makes it with everything that his body is, is, has, is been through, is going through. And that completely cuts off Franklin's only means of making money right now. Yeah. Mari, what did you think about Kane's point to Franklin about protecting his people that work for him? I think uh, in the past, maybe Franklin has lost sight of that, which is why Mm. we saw a lot of his friends turning against each other when they think Mm -hmm. that Franklin should go avenge them. You know, they were very much acting like Todd in that moment, like this man burnt my face. What are we about to do about it? As opposed to this is a good business, uh, like business move for us uh, moving forward. So do you think that Kane had a point? Yeah, yeah, and you you pointed it out in our like kickoff show. Like Franklin has lost sight of the pieces that he is moving on the chessboard. He's seeing them as pieces that he's moving around, but he's he's forgetting that they're people, and that's why the most inner strife that that keeps getting him it's from his closest allies, his former closest allies. So that's a great point to point out. But I also want to point out this uh, scene here. How they ha- oh the shooting of this scene right it, mm-hmm. it felt like it was supposed to be like a one take track shot style take um it reminded me of a shorter version of that the True Detective um the famous scene from True Detective in oh, season one yeah 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 um so good just the the shot of of um Franklin and Kane dodging the initial barrage of bullets to finding their guns in the kitchen and then just guys coming in and them having to shoot and take down the guys they realize one is Todd and then the camera just steady moving with them as they like escape out the back it was very very good uh production on that it was so like heart pounding as well so really good the anxiety was through the roof for me in that moment, too. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like, because I, I thought that they were having a legitimate conversation. I mean, like, it was heated, but it also needed to happen. And then right. for the gunshots to happen so quickly, I knew, you know, that Jerome and Louis would be striking soon. I just mm-hmm. didn't think it'd be, like, within the that next episode. five minutes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So that, so that definitely caught me off guard. Um, but they just kind of leave us with this cliffhanger of what is to come for Kane and Franklin now that they know that they're being hunted. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we have a lot of other storylines to get to. But yeah, we'll probably need to just leave you with a cliffhanger too, listeners. We're going to take a quick ad break and then we will be back to talk about the other storylines in this episode of season six, episode four. All right. So elsewhere, we see Ruben. And at some point, Ruben is laid up with his little boo. uh, But he gets a phone call about a catastrophic pipe burst. Now we find out later on that this is basically the phone call he's getting about the the uh, arms deal that was happening in Costa Rica uh, in the one of the previous episodes. So now that this has happened, the center wants to accelerate the timeline on moving on Teddy uh, in case, you know, basically this, this most recent incident has spooked him a little bit. Um, they only have one chance to get to him. And Ruben says that uh, he doesn't want to focus on Sissy and Franklin anymore. He thinks Gustavo is the one he should pressure to make this Teddy arrest happen. And Mari, I know you're a big Oso mm. fan, what were you going through in this episode? Was it stressful for you? 
Yeah, I think I saw before I watched the episode, I think I saw a tweet on Twitter. Somebody say like, oh, so got the KGB, the CIA and the DEA up his ass. Like, that's like, <laughs> this man can't catch a break. He cannot no. catch a break. But I still think he's in the best position overall of possibly making out, making it out with his family, like with Ziomara and the kids, because like the KG, uh, Ruben and the KGB said, we want the exact same thing that the DEA is wants you to do. We want Teddy. We want proof that the CIA is is using drugs, uh, um, is funneling drugs into the country. And he's like, but we can do immunity. And this is also where Oso finds out that. Teddy hasn't been working with the CIA for a couple months. He's basically been lying to him, you know, and that he has no coverage when it comes to Teddy's side. So I thought this was a, a, a great um, uh, evolution or, or like just going um, down to Oso's uh, storyline um, here because I feel bad for him because it, he, it feels like he's between a rock and a rock and a rock and a hard place, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if anybody can navigate it, it's him. All of those people currently need him alive to do the things that they want him to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, not so good that Teddy might be on to him. Yeah. Question mark. But, um, I, I feel for Oso, but I think he can do it. I, I'm still, my hopes are still high that he will be the one to make it out. It's, it's it's tough because he's in a tight mm-hmm. spot. But you said, like you mm-hmm. said, at least they all want him alive, and so that mm-hmm. does help a little bit. But you're right; he's getting it from all sides at this point. Like his wife or his girlfriend, Ziamara, is basically like, "Get out! You can't stay here." He goes mm-hmm. to the bar to kind of just have a moment, drown his sorrows, and then next thing you know, he's talking to the KGB. And it's just like, "Dear God, leave this man alone!" You know, right. the DEA, the CIA, his wife, and uh, the KGB all kind of merging on him at the same time, trying to get them to get him to do what they uh, what they want him to do and of course like you said one of those things is to uh get teddy arrested now the kgb is offering him a freedom the cia mm-hmm. was offering him like a deal and those aren't two those aren't the same thing you know like the cia is like we'll take care of you if you give us teddy and it's like that could mean a bunch of things Wait, is that the dea, the DEA. i'm sorry the yeah DEA. yeah the dea is like i will take care of you if you bring us teddy um and he's mm. like yeah, should I really believe that? But the mm-hmm. KGB is like, look, we ain't going to take care of you. We're going to give you a passport. You can take your money and go. And that mm-hmm. sounds very attractive to someone like Oso, mm-hmm. right? Because he could get his people out of there. We know Ziamara's big issue right now is that uh, the block is hot. You know, she cannot yeah. barely raise her kids without fear that something's happened to Oso or this, like they're being, their, their house is being bugged and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. So it's really attractive of, of a deal to, to go and run uh, once he helps out the KGB. Latanya, do you have like, um, I guess, do you have a pathway that you're rooting for Oso to take instead? I don't know. I, I will just say that Ciamara is right to be afraid because those aren't even her kids. Those are her sister's kids mm-hmm. that was killed because of all this. So I completely understand where she's coming from. Of course, I would love it if what the KGB was promising was actually accurate, but they're the KGB. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, also, like when they say you get a you get passports, you take your family, you go wherever. Like only in KGB strongholds. Like, are they going to send them to Russia? 
I, like, I don't know if that's a better situation than whatever is going on now. And I, I will disagree with one thing in that I don't think that all of these parties need Oso alive. I don't think Teddy needs Oso alive. No, mm. I don't think Teddy does. Look, yeah, and Teddy is the one who's on to him. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Like the DEA and the KGB need him alive. Yeah, Teddy, he, but Teddy can never find out about this. We've been speculating for episodes, and we still haven't gotten any definitive proof that Ke- Teddy knows exactly what's happening here. But at this point, we've seen enough like stares and deep thought moments from him to where I'm convinced Teddy knows that something's up because he ends up going to telling also like you know. If you're getting watched by anybody, if anybody's following right. you, you have to come tell me. Like, you have to tell me if you don't, don't talk to strangers, you know, come tell me everything. And, you know, we know that Oso is not going to do that. And so before the end of the episode happens, we see Teddy kind of following Oso or at least uh, following a- along close enough to where he sees that the KGB has contacted him. And so, Mari, correct me if I'm wrong, Teddy knows this is the KGB or is it just a random person to him? I think he knows. I think he knows because he remember in the first few episodes, he, he had a drawing of Ruben's face, but he mm-hmm. didn't he, at that point. He didn't know who yeah. Ruben was. And then he talked to uh, uh, the what's what's his Parisa Parisa's and, and she she gave him a little bit of lowdown. And then when they found the bug in the plane, it was in Russian. So I think mm-hmm. he, he 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 said the KGB it I think at the end of that episode, he said it was the KGB. And so now he sees the same guy coming out of the same bar with Oso. I think he knows it's the KGB. Unfortunately, I think he thinks Oso is working for the KGB, which to somebody like Teddy, that is, you know, to him, that's treasonous. Treasonous. Because if 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 he's such a patriot and he's doing this for America, he would not want his associate um, working with the KGB when I think, honestly, his associate... His associate is actually working with the DEA at this point, but he still doesn't know that. So, I I am scared for Oso when it comes to Teddy's side because, of course, again, Teddy is still very very paranoid here. Um, but I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep putting it in the universe that he's gonna be okay. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I mean, yeah, my it's question like our gentle is gentle giant. A little bit, yeah. I, 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 and by gentle, I mean he only murders the people we don't like. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I was questioning the whole time, like, is Teddy one step ahead of this? Because he, like, you know, is now planning to come after the KGB or, like, to, mm-hmm. to fix this problem? Or is this a situation where he's, you know, just finding out, you know, like, like mm-hmm. the, the, they're converging on him now and he's not really able to pivot? Um, and so I really want to see how that ends up happening in the future. Like, where does this go? Because, um, you know, now that we have reason to believe that Teddy knows – it does mean that Oso is in danger. And mm-hmm. how many other people? Because Teddy is following the KGB. And if the KGB links back up with Sissy, then that could lead them right back to Franklin again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so uh, so this could, I mean, it's, it's a really huge circle, like this big web of people who are, like we said, informants, but informing each other. I mean, people about each other, you know? And so it can come back around very quickly. Um, and also the DEA has told Oso that there's a raid happening in one day. Um, and I mean, also it's like that meme of, you know, smoking the cigarettes, you know, where you're like, you're like super <laughs> straight out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's like, dear God, like one day, really, you know, hit the man is drunk and they're like, yeah, you need to sober up because tomorrow we're going to arrest your boss. And it's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> so, 
So, yeah, so I'm stressed for Oso as well. We did talk about Parisa a little bit in the past. The three of us have speculated. If, is she in on this? Is she trying to take down Teddy as well? Um, because she is reflecting on how her involvement with Teddy is putting her life in danger as well. And he thinks it's a good idea if she moves in with her to be safer. Now, he's using Russian spies and as, as an excuse to get her to move in with him. And to that, I say, okay. You know, to each their own. Um, <laughs> but she isn't interested and even points out that it's a bad idea. Latanya, are we still down on Parisa? I don't know if I'm down on her because if she was somehow going to take down Teddy, I'd be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I, it, per, there's something about Parisa. Mm-hmm. You know, she's saying no uh, to this situation when she had. I understand like a woman wanting her freedom and like loving where she lives and not wanting to move. I understand that it could totally just be that. But in this situation where, you know, she was detained and, uh, you know, was really not able to be found for like a couple days and her life was in danger, she's still saying that she would prefer to stay exactly where she is as opposed to living under the protection of Teddy. So I don't know if she wants to keep her independence so that she can do whatever stuff on the side in opposition to Teddy that she is trying to do, or if she's just a woman who wants to be independent and, and have her own place. I think it's 50 50 for me right now. Yeah. Mm. And actually like, I mean, what is he, he, why would I want to get mixed up with you? (laughs) You She she said, why don't don't we even work for the CIA? Like, no. Let's just take this seventy million dollars and run. Which honestly, if it wasn't Franklin's money, and if I wasn't like, uh, if if it wasn't Franklin's money, and if I wasn't like mad at Teddy for taking it in the first place, I'd be like, yeah, how about y'all move. do that? Just yeah. leave. Like, what Every, fuck? Like, all you rich people can get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, y'all don't have to live like this. You Leon, don't. Wanda, go home. Franklin, you should have been left. Mm-hmm. You know, like y'all need to go. Get out of here. You already won. Um. Yeah, and they all are getting faced with the same dilemma here is do you take your money and go? We know that that's a possibility for Teddy, but he doesn't seem interested. Like if seventy uh-uh. million dollars is cannot sway you, then you clearly are a lost cause. Uh Latanya, that was a big eye roll, big reaction from you. What are you thinking about that? I, I'm thinking about seventy million dollars because apparently <laughs> I am a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> I just no. I don't I'm with y'all. I don't understand why these people can't leave well enough alone and just take the money and run. Like you can get off the grid. You can Mm -hmm. get to a place where you cannot be found. I understand that that's kind of what Franklin's mom and dad tried to do. And then Teddy was still able to locate them. So there is that. I mean, there is the fact that the CIA is everywhere, but Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, if, if we're able to get Teddy off the board, then we just have a bunch of people who want to pretend this operation never happened. And mm-hmm. you can get out of there and be as safe as you possibly can be and live with your millions of dollars. Like, I just don't understand what it is that's holding certain people in this game when they don't have to be other than pride or love of the game. 
Yeah, a lot of this I feel like is pride, and then I think I t- like for certain people it is the love of the game, right? And we've seen this in a, a lot of other drug-related shows where at some point the the plot is lost, right? The whole reason why you started to do this just gets become secondary, and you just get used to being the man. You get used to being in charge. Um, we talked about Franklin unraveling, but I mean that's a great uh like that's a great observation because in the beginning franklin was mr cool common collective he was not hurting people like other like mm-hmm. things were just happening for him you know he was getting he had a lot of luck going on but he also was using the skills that he has like as someone who can talk to anybody who someone who uh you know is very logical in their in their uh dealings it's like yeah things were working out for him but now that things aren't just coming as easy to him and a lot of this uh, like like completely out of control he's not really dealing with it in the best way and so yeah i think that at some point maybe a couple seasons ago franklin probably should have just took his money and left um but yeah here we are and i think a lot of them you know probably should have did the same thing and we'll see them struggle with that throughout uh because i don't think anybody's gonna up and leave including leon and wanda who america is still praying will go back to africa um (laughs) so in this episode we see firsthand how you know Basically, the people are living back in the projects, and it is not great. Um, it's actually really, really bad. And like I said, a large part of it is Leon and, and his fault, right? You know, for you know mm-hmm. helping contribute to the crack epidemic here. Um, Wanda is in the projects trying to protect like this random. I think it's like a like a woman crackhead who is getting paint, spray painted. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is this is awful, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I know that's hard because I know Wanda has been there before. She struggled with addiction, and her and Leon are really back here doing the Lord's work. If they think they're going to change the minds of the people in the hood, because yeah. it does not look great for them, Mari. No, it doesn't, and. I just feel for Wanda because she she's being brought right back to that place that made her use in the first place, you know, and seeing these people and <laughs> she almost gets shot by, by sissy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Sissy with the blicky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but in, instead of offering uh, Wanda a place to stay, <laughs> sissy <laughs> tells her, <laughs> tells her she can like um you know uh get alton shelter back up and running and and getting the shelter back up and running i mean it does seem like the thing that will help ronda oh, ronda will help, help wanda me, i know mm-hmm. oh my god well um focus on her own recovery while also accomplishing the task of feeling like she's doing something to help the community you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like um you can see when she she tells Leon like she, you know she I helped somebody today she it really it really made her feel better about herself but coming back to this place being reminded because of course as they're having that conversation they're being she's being taunted talked about how you know she's had sex with everybody in the community uh. blah 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 like I just I feel so bad for them and I'm just like why why are you guys doing this to yourself just go back go back to paradise yeah like you can't save people who don't want to be saved that's true um (laughs) project pat said it best yeah Um, (laughs) but latanya um i hadn't even considered the weight of wanda a former crack user coming Mm -hmm. back to the project and being surrounded by the very thing that she was addicted to until she said it you know like they were talking about coming from africa the whole time i'm thinking you know stay in africa it's safe you know it's safe Mm -hmm. y'all are happy this that other 
it there is like it was like you taking kid like a kid to a candy store by bringing her to the projects like that because there was so much crack around yeah. uh, and so much negativity that it might be driving her to want to get high. So I was impressed to see that she went to go and talk about that um, later on with Sissy. Yeah, I was really happy that she uh, got to talk to Sissy, almost getting shot aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, girl was just <laughs> trying to get her stuff, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, I mean, when you're an addict, there are a lot of of triggers um, that can put you right back in that place of addiction. And obviously, if you are physically surrounded by drugs all the time, where they are so easy for you to purchase, you can just literally walk out your front door and do it. And you see everybody around you that lives in the, in the neighborhood that you do is doing this drug or selling this drug or affected by one of the two, then that's something that's going to be a humongous trigger for any addict. And it is almost cruel of Leon to try to assume that he could take Wanda back. Like she says to him when they're in Ghana, like, I don't have those stressors here. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm finally free of my problems. It was probably a lot easier for Wanda to live life well in Ghana than it is for her to live in the projects. I think it's great that she now has something to do with her time because we see her trying to, her and Leon trying to help Einstein out um, Mm. with like college applications and things like that. Um, They really do have hearts for service, but one, you can help and serve your people from afar. (laughs) Yes, Uh, you can. (laughs) and, And two, there are plenty of people that need help and service in other places too yeah that's true uh yeah you're right these people have decided that they they really want to help people and so like you said they're working with einstein who we know is very very sharp when it comes to numbers uh he's considering going to college now we do see uh a tale as old as time here where people who do not go to college or do not you know leave the the area that they grew up with try to keep you from doing the same thing right Mm -hmm. they want to make sure that you are still around uh, you know, and that's probably for a number of reasons, right? Like, so pe- people do genuinely care about having you in their space. Their time uh, uh, with you is important to people. But then also, sometimes it's just easy to be a mega hater, you know? And we see that uh, <laughs> with Big D here, because he's telling Einstein, like, you don't need no college. You're smarter than all them people, too. What a professor going to teach you? You're smarter than all the professors. You're so smart, Einstein. Why don't you just stay here and do drugs with us? You know, and it's, and it's really tough to watch that because, you know, someone like Einstein just needs that extra push to go and learn a little bit i mean like he's struggling with the entrance essay for college but once he gets past that i mean mm-hmm. all he's trying to do is get to the numbers he's get to the math 2.0 really yeah like, and he's trying to get to the math and you got to write the essay first you know and so you just need somebody to to push them you know and he does have wanda and leon doing that um because they have a lot of ideas right they want to they want to help uh, and one of Leon's projects is the playground. Uh, there are no lights on the playground. Uh, it didn't used to be like that. It, this workplace used to be so much more inviting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now it's a lot darker due to the new regulations put in place by Big D. Uh, and Big D says, mm-hmm. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't turn the lights back on because um, it's dangerous out here to be selling drugs with lights on you. And so we're not doing that. There's, there are no lights here, and you just have to get over it. The conversation is interrupted by gunfire, and it's clear that exactly what Big D is saying is true. The, the projects still aren't safe, and this is not going to sit well with Leon Mari. 
Yeah, like I, again, a lot of people not not okay with their workspace right now. Not, not okay <laughs> with new management, uh, fighting back a little bit. Um, yeah, Big D, the projects are suffering. Uh, Big D is not like Leon. We talked about it uh, last week. He he's not making sure that everybody in the projects is straight, like having their their washing machine and all that. He, the, the kids can't play. The dealers are overrunning everything. The addicts are overrunning everything. And Leon just wants some semblance of like something good for, for the projects. And at the very least, he wants the kids to be able to come and play and feel safe. But they can't. They can't because uh, Big D doesn't want his people um, to get caught up by the cops, which is like, again, it's one of those thought processes like, is Big D really doing this? for his people and to protect his people. So does, does it make it right that even though he's trying to protect his people during them selling drugs, that he's making the area around it even more unsafe for the regular people that live there, you know? So it's, it's so sad. Um, but mm -hmm. I like how it came to like a Friday type ending where they just started like pummeling each other. <laughs> yeah. Throw a brick at him. Um, yeah, so yeah, you have Leon who's decided that he came back from Africa to try to change the hearts and minds of the people that he left behind. Um, but that is definitely harder than he thought. The next day, after the conversation with the lights, he pays to have the playground lights reinstalled. And now, at this point, I'm getting worried about Leon's life again because I'm like, okay, you can't come in, you know, upsetting the apple cart too much because what do people do when someone comes in trying to make positive change? Normally, they take them out of the mix. And so I did start to kind of like, I started to think we were running out of time with Leon here. Uh, and it does culminate with this big fight. Now, Big D comes out, uh, he shoots out the lights. And Leon at this point already knows what's up. He's coming out the shirt immediately because he knows, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like them was fighting words let's get to it so they fight leon shows him who, who is boss uh, but there are a couple moments where i'm thinking big d is making some points uh he does point out that leon left everyone for dead and has no real like uh leverage to come back and say like oh my god like i'm trying to do so much better where have you been sir um mm -hmm. you left us like this and then things have got out of control despite you leaving uh and so Although Leon does get the upper hand and end up beating this man down in front of his OGs, it looks like there could be a potential change in leadership around the projects because would you rather be under Big D's reign or Leon's reign? And I think it's time for the neighborhood to decide, Latanya, who they would rather follow. Oof. Yeah, but it's also terrifying because uh, somebody like Big D who had his like essentially like his manhood challenged in that way in front of an audience is not going to just simply relinquish power quietly. Uh, so it's as sad as it is to say, it seems like one of them is going to die. Um, and I would hate for it to be Leon, but his life is definitely in danger at this point and they need to get out of the projects like if if you're gonna get into a fight like that you should have your bags packed and just ready to go because you know what retaliation looks like you know there's been nothing but retaliation happening in like the projects and in in the neighborhood in general so just go even if you're at the airport you're safer than you are if you're in the projects 
Yeah, yeah. like James, James was like, "Oh, they just gonna walk back into their house?" Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you beat this man up in front of his OGs. Uh, it's not safe. Y'all need to go get a hotel. You know. Yeah. 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 This, it's this is tough because I don't think Leon's intention was to come and you know uh like fight for the throne if you will um but that's mm-hmm. definitely where he is you know it's it's to the point where if he's gonna live under Big D's roof he's gonna have to play by his rules and it doesn't look like Dion I mean Leon wants to do that and so uh yeah they find themselves in this battle for supremacy he wins and now I'm wondering what happens next does he try to flip the projects back into its old project ways does he try to even take it even one step further and completely change the area for the better Mari do you have any strong feelings about what it would look like if Leon is back in control here after his trip to Africa <sighs> no I mean I think he'll make it better I do think he'll make it better I think um I think he'll do what he he did beforehand he I mean before he left he really didn't try to make sure that everybody in the projects were good you know he he made a point of that so i think he'll try and i think he will try and um clean stuff up he'll definitely try and push einstein out of the game try and get him to go towards school towards college but we know how i feel about einstein i think it's just the time of the day it's it's happening yeah unfortunately Mm -hmm. um Oh, oh yeah, we've seen this in other in black ass movies too. You know, uh, the, when the, the yes. one person going to college to make it out the hood. Okay, they they <laughs> yeah. never make it out of the hood. Unfortunate. So, um, but I what I see happening is Big D. If if Big D is ousted as the leader and some of the people leaving with him, they're gonna go straight to who else but Jerome and Louis. Mm-hmm. And so it's just gonna be all out war. So yay, war. Yay. We, we love that. No, we don't. We we hate no, not seeing at this. All. It's really, it's really like a good show, but it also kind of makes you sit there and think, dang, you know, like we black people, we're just really doing this to each other. You know, like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of, we're, a lot of them are victims of their circumstances, to the environment they are, to the government as well. But then at the end of the day, when it comes down to a micro level, you're just kind of like, man, look at my people, you know, and this, and this mm-hmm. doesn't, this doesn't make my heart smile. This is definitely one of those really sad stories that we're in the mix, the, the midst of right now. Um, and we only have six more episodes left into the finale, but that does wrap up our current episode uh is there anything i missed anything y'all want to touch on before we start to wrap things up no no i think we we covered it yeah. we're we're all just like in a sad mood now <laughs> right. very that very <laughs> really bad tough. yeah like i don't know if this is a story that's gonna have a happy ending guys like i'm not i don't know i don't know about mm-hmm. that so we shall see if that's what's coming uh or what's going to happen when we return for a season six episode five next week uh in the meantime latanya tell us what have you been working on because i hear you are the busiest person in show business right now <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, In addition to doing this podcast with you two lovely people, I am also talking about Netflix's series You, uh, which season four, part two, just premiered yesterday as we are uh, recording this. So uh, Marissa Garza and I have the first uh, episode of the, of season of part two of season four out uh, for you all. And then we'll have a full spoiler podcast coming up for you soon. I'm also working with Josh Wiggler doing verses. We are um, comparing and contrasting the last of us with station 11. And we are very close to announcing 
our new season of Versus, which is coming up very, very soon um, in March as well. So look forward to that. I am working on The Mandalorian, which uh, just aired its second, I believe, episode. So uh, my sweet, sweet baby Grogu and I will be hanging out with DM Philly and also with uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick doing feedback. Top Chef has returned. So that means that I have returned along with Kurt and Haley to do um, a podcast about that show. I was just on uh, the season finale of Poker Face with Ariel and Grace. And then again with Ariel and Grace, I covered the movie Women Talking. So uh, that was exciting to get us ready for the Oscars this weekend. And um, I covered with Mari and Sarah Carradine the movie She Said for Crime Scene, which was a fantastic podcast, in my humble opinion, that I was very happy I got to do. So those are the things that I am up to. You can catch me on Twitter at LK Starks, talking about all of those things and more, and follow me on Instagram at Stormborn1222. All right. Thank you, Latanya. And yes, y'all are listening. Y'all hear that? Latanya is everywhere. So check her out. Um, follow that uh, social media account. And keep up with all those plugs because Latanya is out here in these podcast streets. Mari, what you been up to? So, of course, me and Matt Scott have been uh, doing the wrestling wrap up. Um, each week we cover the highlights of the week in wrestling. So go subscribe to that. We have great guests. Uh, we had, uh, we're, we're trying to get as many like really good, cool new guests as possible. Uh, this week we'll be joined by, uh, AJ mass, uh, notable, um, like journalist and, uh, former like mascot. He, he's cool. So go to robhasawebsite.com slash wrestling feed to subscribe to the wrestling wrap up. Uh, Latanya already plugged uh, this week on crime scene. We covered She Said, um, which is great. This week coming up will be a doozy on crime scene. We will be covering who who killed Robert uh, Juan on uh, it's on Peacock. Peacock. Yes. And it is it, it was an amazing docuseries. Uh, we're going to have Matt Scott on with us, my other other half there. Um, so please go to robhaswebsite.com slash crime feed in order to uh, subscribe to the, uh, Crime Scene, a true crime review podcast if you, you do not want to miss this one. And then I was just on the Big Brother Canada uh, episode two recap last night with uh, Taryn, Melissa, and the genius uh, <laughs> Kevin Jacobs, the winner of uh, Big Brother Canada 10. So it was a fun night for us uh, to podcast about the episode. The episode itself, meh. So, like, but go check us out on the Rob Has a, a, a Podcast a BB Can um, feed there uh, because we'll just be recapping episodes. There's no live feeds, but whatever. If you want to know what else I'm up to, you can go to Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. That's two, like the number two. Um, and you'll, you'll know everything that I am podcasting about. And finally, go follow me on Twitch <laughs> at twitch.tv slash Mari Talks Too Much. Um, just like my Twitter handle, I'm um, doing some experimenting on Twitch. So if you go, you follow me, you'll get notified every time I uh, go and stream. So yeah. Hey, Chabelle. I will be mm -hmm. in the Twitch chat. I told you, I, I don't know if yeah. you saw this, but I'm you applying to be, to be a mod. 
the Twitch. <laughs> like, yeah, what? I need to. I need to. I need to apply to be a mod. I want to ban Please. people from your Twitch chat. I'm already ready. I'm ready to uh, abuse my power. Please um, do. But mm-hmm. yes. And uh, as for me, I'm still talking about a whole bunch of stuff here on Post Show Recap. So I'm doing uh, a Grey's Anatomy podcast with Ariel, and uh, we do not have our own feed. So if you're looking for our podcast, you just follow uh, Post Show Recaps wherever you get your podcast, and search for Grey's Anatomy's Anatomy with Ariel and Chappelle, and you will find our episodes. We've only dropped two so far, or three episodes so far, I think. And so because of that, not much on there, but keep uh, keep a uh, paying attention to what we got going on and uh we'll make sure that you don't miss any of our podcast coverage of Grey's anatomy season 19 and the past shenanigans of Grey's anatomy also here on post show recaps every other week myself and my co-host gia worthy are still talking about abbott elementary we are currently about to wrap up season two of abbott elementary we're getting dangerously close to the finale i think there's three more episodes left and so please go check that out um and check out uh what we have going on on abbott elementary a post show recap um and because it's a great time and an amazing show uh also on post show recaps i'm covering bel-air with puya and so we are on season two episode three of bel-air um it is a good time we have not yet recorded said episode yet but uh i've watched it it's a great it's a great show and so if you haven't seen bel-air on peacock what are you waiting for go subscribe to bel-air a post show recap wherever you get your podcast and check that out over on rob has a podcast i'm still talking about netflix shows on the nothing but netflix podcast this week we're talking about the show outlast uh with mike bloom as our guest uh last week we covered the um or at the beginning of this week i I guess i should say we covered uh selective outrage the chris rock comedy special and so if you want to hear my opinions about chris rock the slap uh and the comedy of it all check that out on nothing but netflix um and subscribe to nothing but netflix wherever you get your podcast Uh, i was recently on the survivor uh, feedback show for the uh, season premiere of Survivor 44 on Rob Has a Podcast. If you're a Survivor fan, check that out. And I was on the Big Brother Canada 11 recap episode for the premiere of Big Brother Canada. So check that out as well. Um, and then, of course, follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show to keep up with everything else. Uh, but in the meantime, I have to wish you all goodbye. Say, uh, you know, farewell until next time. It's for La- for Latanya, for Mari, and for myself. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. <laughs>